Usually when we start asking like, okay, what do they like? What don't they like? Why they choose you over competitors? They start thinking, oh yeah, they are actually choosing us because of this and because of this. And they are saying this and this and this and this. And it's like insightful moment for them to understand that actually they know a lot of this, but they're just not applying that. This is the Customer Acquisition Show, the podcast that helps you turn complete strangers into repeat customers and grow your business. Hello and welcome to the Customer Acquisition Show. I am your host, Tom Meredith, and today I am joined by a reoccurring guest who's on quite often. Oha, welcome again. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah, we're happy to have you here. So Oha is really one of our team leads for any sort of customers that come in that really are starting their journey from growing their digital marketing outside of their smaller in-house team. So a lot of times she'll be working with them on improving their offers, their account structure, basically all of the different things within digital marketing to help them get ready to grow and scale. Today we've figured nobody better to have on than to talk about foundational marketing than OHA. Yeah, let's start our discussion. I'm really curious. (laughs) You know, I think one of the main things is probably mindset, right? So a lot of customers who come to us and have been doing things either by themselves or have a super small team and they come to an agency, like there's a bit of a mindset shift. Can you talk a little bit about where they are and how you try to coach them to where we want them to be? Yeah. So usually customers are coming to us with some specific goal in mind. And if we're talking about smaller businesses, I believe the most common like request is that they want to grow and scale their business. So that's their number one goal and request. And often they just have that call and probably in a lot of cases, they just imagine that we would increase the ad spend, launch a few more campaigns in Facebook Ads Manager or on other platform. And then it will help them eventually like to grow and scale the business. And very often it's much more complex because when we start evaluating the offer, the funnel, the landing page, the messaging, creative strategy and everything, we found a lot of not like issues, but room for improvement. I'd like to position it like that. After that, we start the discussion with customers that, okay, we found this, this, and this issue. We could help you to address it like this. Here is our possible plan A, plan B, and how do you want us to proceed? So as I said, often customers are coming for us specifically for running ads, but it's the end of the day. It's not just for running ads. We help them to grow their business and to improve all areas of their business. And I would even say that literally like all of these parts are as equal as like Facebook ads. They're not like as equally important as Facebook ads. And it's not like you just need to run ads and all of the small things they're don't have an impact. In some cases, we could find some things or some improvements that could have even bigger impact. Now, I just say, especially thinking about Facebook ads, Facebook ads is really this giant machine of diminishing efficiency, right? So it's always going to find the lowest hanging fruit. And if you're a small business with a smaller ad spend, it's going to be really good at finding that low hanging fruit. But as you try to scale and get bigger, it's going to be harder and harder to get customers because they're going to be more difficult, require more selling, probably more touches. And that's really the big mindset shift I think we all have to deal with, not just 
smaller customers coming here, but every step that you want to grow and scale, you have to become better at selling your product. And it's just a bit of a mindset shift because, you know, what got you to where you are is not going to take you where you want to go. I strongly agree with this statement. I mean, sometimes it takes a lot of discussions for us to convince the customers to switch their mindsets and to switch their like shift to the changes that need to be made in order to achieve success. So yeah, I agree with you. That's an important part of our job is to educate them, talk with them about how these things have impact on their performance. Just for example, like one of our new customers that we recently onboarded they came to us and they have really great product they have program but what we saw about their product they are using really generic messaging i mean i see this mistake a lot of times in a lot of businesses when brand messaging is just so whack they just try to make everyone like them and that's not the right attitude i just heard that nice quote, if you're not a Google, then you shouldn't be good for everyone. But even Google has competitors, but you could just imagine that almost everyone is using Google. And if we're talking about any other service, I'm sure that you should... um, like relying on my experience and everything, I know that you should be specific. You cannot be like, okay, everyone will find something here. Everyone will like our product. You should definitely know your avatar and build your messaging based on that. So I believe that's number one thing that is missing that still a lot of businesses, they are like just keeping this important part, marketing research, deep dive and avatar research. And after that, they just go strictly to build their offer, their brand messaging. And they're like, oh, I don't want to be too specific because what if I will be wrong? So instead they go really broad. As you mentioned, that's the thing that could bring you to this point, but that's not the thing that will bring you to the further success. Yeah, we can get back to all that. We have a returning commenter, Anthony, who's always chiming in with great questions. So I wanna make sure we get to our questions pretty quickly. So Anthony's question is, how long is your discovery process when onboarding new clients? So I know you've worked quite a bit with our sales team and you've onboarded quite a few clients. Can you talk a little bit about what the process is currently? Yeah. So when we're onboarding new customers, at least we deep dive and audit their account for at least like two, three weeks. It usually takes like for the team because we want to evaluate everything we could get access to. And I'd like to say that lately we are improving our process. We are adding more and more layers of analysis to this. I remember like two years ago, mostly we were evaluating their ad account. And today we want to evaluate everything there, like backend, if they have email sequences set up, for example, how well is working their referral program, if it's referral program, just an example, how well is working their landing page. So all of this like small pieces of success. Now we have pretty big checklist, what we need access to, what we need to check and evaluate. And based on that, prepare our recommendations that will help them to achieve sustainable growth and performance and not just improve their Facebook ads results. So I could definitely say that it's not an ideal process and we're always adding more and more value to this. But I really like how well it's now covering all the things that are important. And that's usually not one, two day process. Usually it takes at least a few weeks. 
Yeah. And we're always, like you said, improving on this. And lately we've been doing an even bigger push on like getting a lot more clear expectations before we actually onboard. Our scope of work is super dialed in. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier about changing mindsets and all the foundational stuff that has to go into bringing a new client on. And we're even getting a lot more strict about that now where potentially the first month we just keep the current ads running, but do so much work on the tracking, the data layer, the deep dive research for the creative and making sure basically all the machine is working as it needs to. So that when we do go to grow scale and like months two and on, everything is there working. And then we can know how well our actual work is doing on both the media buying and creative sides. And conversion architecture also happens pretty early on, which is our funnel building service. All right. So going back to vague versus specific, how do you teach your clients the importance of specific and help them help their fear of that they might be missing out on somebody? Yeah, so it's the process, as, as I mentioned, sometimes it takes a bit longer and it takes a few meetings to convince them, but usually they are super impressed by the creative strategy that is presented by our creative team. So it helps a lot because when our creative team is working on creative strategy, they're also working on avatar research. And when they present it in a really clear and simple way to the customer that here are three kind of avatars for your business. Here are this person day-to-day activities. Here are this person's pain points. Here is this person's feelings and frustrations and objectives. It's really an objections for buying your offer or product. It's much more simpler than just to start talking, okay, your messaging is too bad. So usually we come prepared with this really great presentation showing like, okay, here are your avatars, here are how we'd like to overcome the subjections here how we'd like to talk with them so it's much easier but also we explain to them that usually they know these things they just don't acknowledge that they know their customers really well because they read their feedback their testimonials they know what they like in the product so they know all of this information but they might have second thoughts or maybe they never sit down and like think through this okay if I know all this thing about this about my avatar why I'm not using that usually when we start asking like okay what do they like what don't they like why they choose you over competitors they start thinking oh yeah they are actually choosing us because of this and because of this and they are saying this and this and this and this and it's like insightful moment for them to understand that actually they know a lot of this but they're just not applying that So our important goal is, first of all, to find out the missing pieces. Maybe they don't know some information about their competitors. Maybe they don't know that they have more avatars. Or maybe they don't know about some specific pain points. So first of all, we try to find all of these missing pieces. Then we present this to them. And then after the presentation, we share with them our plan, how we will leverage this. So... Usually it's like that. Yeah, it's okay to get specific and be very specific to who you're talking to because there is no general person. Everybody is a unique person. And the history of advertising has been getting more and more specific. You know, going back to TV advertising, even there you have to be specific to the people who are watching the shows that you're advertising against. You'll know by talking to the salespeople who the demographic is, what their pain points are based off what they're watching. And as we've gotten these digital platforms, they have the ability to show the right ad to the right person at the right time. And you can have 
basically create ads for specific people or very specific avatars. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it's helping these platforms because, as you know, Facebook algorithm and other social media algorithms, they're super smart and they know. I mean, after analyzing your creative and its copy, they know who is your avatar. And if you keep being whack, it's super hard. And it's like, what's the target audience here? And if you are specific and even call out your audience, like, okay, I'm talking, for example, with all moms or without coaches or with all like sport people who would like to do some exercises and all of that and even then go deeper into their feelings, pain points. What are their feelings? Why they want to buy your product? Definitely they have some issues that they'd like to resolve with your product or maybe they want to make their life better or easier or healthier. So yeah, it's all about that. All right, so foundations that we've kind of covered so far is changing your mindset from what got you to here is not what's going to take you to there. So there's going to be quite a bit of change. Really getting specific and knowing who your avatars are and not being afraid to talk directly to them. What are some of the other foundational things? We kind of hit on the tracking layer. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that and making sure that's set up well? Yeah, so tracking is super important, but we have cases when it's complicated and usually it happens when customers are using some custom CRMs and different platforms. My honest recommendation would be to keep it as simple and clear as possible. Like if you have CRM, use some CRM. I mean, I know it might be more expensive, but it will be easier to connect some CRM that is well-established and famous and it has all of these tools for connection. Then also think where you host your web pages and which email system are you using because all of these small pieces, if they're working together, they're maximizing your results and revenue. But if they're not working together and you're constantly missing connection, your funnel is leaking and some people are just not getting to your CRM, that's just the opportunities that you're losing. So yeah, definitely that's one more thing that we are evaluating before starting active management. So that's, as Tom already mentioned, we have this now first month or uh, of setting up the, I'd say, solid basement for our future cooperation. And one of the activities that we are doing during this time is full audit of tracking, if everything is tracked correctly, if everything is connected. So yeah, it's super important. But yeah, as I said, if you keep things pretty simple and clear, it would be beneficial at the end of the day. I remember we had customers who had like three, four Facebook accounts, three, four Facebook pages, three, four pixels, then three, four like Clavio accounts and all of these things. And it really took weeks for us to reconnect things correctly. So instead, if you're like just starting or if you're considering, I would say always keep it simple, not add additional like layers of complexity. It's not benefit, literally. <laughs> yeah, and I'd say probably one of the basic things that you should be doing on a pretty regular basis is getting the Facebook pixel extension on Chrome and going through your whole funnel and making sure that each of the events that are firing are actually firing at the step you want. So you talked a little about the CRM layer. Is that mostly for like the offline conversion aspect? 
No, actually, if we are collecting leads, for example, lead forms, then CRM should be connected to Facebook. And also, if we're running any campaign to the landing page, if CRM is not connected properly with landing page, then you could be missing some leads or some contact information or even have some issues with fulfilling orders. So it's important in all cases. Because at the end of the day, as an agency, we want to go one step further and we don't only track performance in Ads Manager. It's also for us important to know the backend result, the actual revenue that you got or the actual amount of customers or amount of orders. And if there is an issue somewhere, then these results are not correct. That could be a huge mistake, an issue. I know this is getting kind of basic, but what are the main pixels that all, whether it's a service or a product, should have on their site? Facebook Pixel. And then if they are running additional platforms, I would say this, even if you believe that at some point that social platform might be interesting for you, I would recommend to add Pixel in advance. For example, if you're selling beauty products, but you're not on TikTok yet or on Pinterest yet, I would recommend to dedicate some time and energy on that and add these pixels because by the time you will decide you want to run ads, that pixel will already collect so much data that it would be much easier for you to start. So definitely you need to have a Facebook pixel and then you need to set up tracking for Google through Google Tech Manager. And then I would just recommend to think about your future next steps. I mean, if you want to go on new platforms and even if at some point in the future you consider possibility of adding that platform, I would recommend to add this pixels as well. That's good advice. Anytime you have the smallest idea that you might run on a platform, yeah, someday, yes, yes. just drop that pixel on your site because it will start to teach that algorithm who your client is that when you do start running ads there, there's a lot more efficiency. Yeah, it could take literally months for some new platforms, even like for TikTok in some cases, it could take months to uh, for Pixel to collect enough data to really maximize your performance and to get your best results possible. So if you want to save that time in the future and save a ton of money, because you will be constantly testing, testing and spending money, I would recommend to do it right now. If you see that your niche is even potentially good on these platforms, go and add pixels to your landing pages. Right. So we spent all this time so far and we haven't even talked about ads buying, right? So, you know, the foundational stuff that we even alluded to, like the first starting to work with a customer. Let's talk a little bit about our traffic harmonizer and our media buying strategy. How do you start to set that up and work with your clients to really talk about the customer journey that their customers are going to go on? First of all, we always allege what is inside account before we start. So that's really important thing to see what's working for this specific account. I had experience when we started working with accounts and just such an interesting thing, like just an example, ABO and CBO campaigns. And I noticed the thing that if account is trained and is performing, I mean, if all campaigns or majority of the campaigns were ABO, I won't recommend to launch CBO right away. So even like this small things, 
like what account is trained what account is trained for like if you see that usually in account this type of campaigns and this type of bidding is performing well i would still suggest keeping that in mind because even if you have like some best practices okay i would rather do this or that if this was done in the account multiple times and there is a lot of budget behind that and pixel is trained and algorithm is trained using this methodology i would recommend to keep this in mind it doesn't mean you should stick with this setup and not change any things but always know that i would prioritize that setup over like something else so yeah important first thing when you start working with new account is just not to start crushing everything and building from scratch but await what was working why it was working, what wasn't working. And then during this analysis, you could also find out what is missing. Like, okay, this was done, but they could also like test this or do this or this. So important first step would be definitely like audit and analysis for the last three, six months, depending on the products offer and how long they are in business. And also important thing, even though, It's like Facebook ads. We cannot rely 100% on Facebook ads reporting. So you need to check backend for that period as well. So if you're analyzing last three to six months, you could see some things that are happening in ads manager. Super important is to go and double check what is happening on their backend, like Shopify or any other platform they're using. Because it might look like on Facebook, they were literally like, five, six X ROS and in reality their revenue wasn't that big or their margins are not great. So yeah, that's first step what we do. And then usually we found that really most businesses that came to us, they didn't use traffic harmonizer. They didn't have really separated levels of awareness. So it's like immediate thing that could be tested, implemented and quick win because a lot of customers, they're missing some opportunities with retargeting, some very hot audiences. For example, for e-commerce stores, it could be people who added to cart but never made a purchase. That's super hot audience. So right. So we talked about our levels of awareness, like how warm somebody is to becoming a customer, whether they've never heard of you versus being ready to buy or even post buying. I know we talked a little bit about that. How do you set up campaigns for really cold audiences? So again, it depends on the type of the offer, on the goals. And I mean, if it's Legion, it's one story. If it's e-commerce, it's different story. So if we are talking about specifically cold traffic, our rule is to exclude all warmer audiences. That's rule number one, because if we are going after call traffic, we don't want, we just want to target people who never heard about us, who are not aware about us. And they might not even be aware about their problem or solution of their problem. It's also important to know that if you're going after level one traffic, or even sometimes we call it level zero, it might be wise to dedicate part of your budget on nurturing and educating this audience. Because it's definitely not the best solution just to come to them and say, okay, here's the offer, 40% off, you will like it. Just take it or leave. 
that's not what we would recommend in this case. So for level one called audiences, I would suggest, as I mentioned, to try to nurture and educate these audiences to talk more about your brand, to talk more about your product. If you're talking about specific setup, if we're just trying to test more audiences, I would recommend to stick to ABR campaigns as it's using latest best practices lately, we're combining access in bigger stacks. So before, like year ago, and maybe even two years ago, even like longer time ago, we were trying to figure out which specific interest is bringing us results. Now we are more about like, okay, we need quite a big audience. And if with the right messaging, Facebook will be able to find our target audience. So just to kind of rephrase that, what you're saying is that what traditionally would happen is you'd have to tell Facebook which interest and audience to go after. But now you tell Facebook, go find anybody that will resonate with this specific message. Yeah, sometimes we go wild and broad, <laughs> but in most cases, we still are using some interest. But now we are just using a lot of combinations of interest to make sure that audience is big enough. So it's not like about granularity of targeting. And it's really dangerous tactics to rely entirely on interest because I don't know if you're aware about that, but Facebook is constantly removing more and more interest. So it's really dangerous tactic Then you're relying just on few interests. That's one additional reason why we are not doing that. So usually we just try to go wider and combine a few interests at least a few interests, or it might be even a few dozen interests to make the audience big enough. And then with the right messaging and right creative, Facebook finds us the audience that we need there. Nice. So we've been Facebook focused on the, this part of the traffic. How about Google? Like, What are some must-dos that every company must do for Google ads? And what are a little bit more intermediate tactics? Yeah, so if you are a e-commerce store, then you definitely need to have shopping campaign. That's super quick win and number one suggestion. If you are a e-commerce store, start running shopping campaign. Also, how you could maximize your revenue and squeeze more from your traffic. After people are seeing your ads on Facebook and we were talking about cold traffic, usually they go and Google the brand name or Google this offer. So if you want to make sure that you're converting these people, then we would still recommend you to dedicate some budget, not a super big budget, but some budget on brand search campaign. That's for sure just to make sure that you're not missing the people who would like to buy a product from you. But when they Google you, they actually don't see you in the list, which are like, why should I buy from you? What I'd like to say, it's really tricky because these campaigns tend to perform super well. And some of our customers, we saw this a lot of times, then they were like thinking, okay, Google is showing us 8x ROAS. Probably I should increase my spend by 10 times on this brand search campaigns because they're working so great. Again, reiterating my explanation here, it's mostly because it's helping to convert people who were already in the mindset of purchase and they were just Googling for your brand. So you want to be there, you want to be in that list, but you don't want to spend a fortune there because in reality, it's not bringing you new people. If you want to bring in leverage level one audience, then you should definitely try non-brand search. 
It could be uh, for people who are actually aware about their problem and aware about the solution, but they don't know about you. Yeah. So go back to the brand search. That's the same bucket as retargeting, right? Where it's like people are so warm. You have to make sure that you're in front of them when they're ready to buy. But you can't spend tons of money on retargeting and increase your scale there because all the work happens higher upstream with the colder traffic. Yes. Yes. And that's the discussion we have with our customers as well. I just had this discussion this week with customer when we were dipping dive into the ratio of first time and returning customers and talking about healthy structure. So we had customers where like 70% of their revenue was coming from returning customers. It's a dangerous situation. It's really dangerous scenario for your business. And you don't want to be in this scenario because you are relying so much on retargeting audience and you are actually losing an opportunity because you're not acquiring enough cold audience. Like you're not acquiring enough first time customers and new customers. And if you want your business to grow and scale, it's essential for you to get new people and to get new customers in the door. So it's very important to keep an eye on that ratio. And if you see that it's concerning, then you could take some steps to help with that. We just discussed this with one of our customers and we talked about specific level one campaigns, specific promo codes, programs for uh, first-time customers that could encourage people to make that first purchase. And then with the right customer service with the right product, these customers will be yours forever or for a longer time. So this is something we talked about a little bit before the show of your advertising doesn't really stop when they become a customer. An example you gave is like, we have a customer where people are buying their app, but not really using it. Can you talk a little bit about that situation and what you would suggest? Yes. So important thing is not just acquire customer, but engage with that customer after that purchase to make sure that they are really getting benefits from your product. So there are a lot of businesses that are relying on some programs or some apps that you could get. And there is a huge issue with this kind of businesses. They have a huge issues with drop-offs when customers, they are just deciding, okay, I want this, I buy this. It's like impulse buy. And then a few days later, oh, I don't like this. I want a refund. I want to cancel my subscription. Or in another case, they just never go back to that app. Probably the best tool here would be to conduct surveys because that will be the best way to learn more your customers, to learn why they stopped using your app, what they liked, what they didn't like. But next logical step after conducting surveys would be to actually take some steps to evaluate these things. First, it's very important first step to conduct survey, but the next important step would be to actually do something with this and make sure that you are engaging with the customers after the purchase. So your communication shouldn't be stopped. Like, okay, you made the purchase. Thank you for becoming our customer. Like, good luck with using our app. Their onboarding process with using your product and offer is super important. If you will give them enough support and if you provide them enough support, probably, and if you will be constantly in touch with them during that time and make sure that the onboarding is smooth, you could get your customers for a longer period and 
talking about retention, we know how important it is for all businesses. So I would definitely recommend not to stop communicating with your customers after they make a purchase, ask their opinion, support them during the onboarding process, share with them tips. For example, you just sold them some product, but do they actually know how to use your product? Maybe you know some tips and tricks how to use it better. Maybe you could share with them some tutorials. Maybe you could share with them some useful tips from experts how to use it. Or maybe have another product that could be a great additional thing to this product. So definitely don't miss this opportunity. Keep in mind that retention is super important as well as acquiring new customers. But retention is important for each business as well. And through constant support and right communication, you could achieve that. So Anthony asked the biggest question as always on every client at Media Buyer's Mind is, how, how do you split the traffic or the budget between cold and warm traffic? So we just have really like best practice and golden rule. Usually like up to 70, 80% of budget uh, we dedicate to cold traffic and only 20, 30, depending again on type of offer, type of business, on retargeting or warm traffic. If I talk about our traffic harmonizer, it will be 60, 70, 80% on level one. So called audiences, people who are not aware about you, about your brand, about your product. Then second biggest chunk would be level two. These are just people who are aware about you. They might be, they might saw your ads. They were on your website. They might even follow you. So it's like, warmer audience it's not really warm or hot audience it depends on kinds of the business but you could spend 10 to maybe 15 in some cases 20 percent of your budget there then level three people who viewed content this would be like smaller part and then people who added to cart but didn't make a purchase this is super hot audience this is really super low-hanging fruit for all e-commerce stores but you cannot spend their like fortune. Important thing to keep in mind that some of our customers, they forget about. If you spend enough money on level one, and if you're spending enough money on acquiring cold audience, then you could actually eventually spend more on retargeting just because you have enough people there. But if your budget for level one is super small, you won't be able to spend more on retargeting and you won't be able to spend a lot on level four just because you won't have enough people there. And level four are people who added to cart and didn't make a purchase. Our hot audience. Also, in most cases, we're considering that not just a retarget. I mean, it's still retargeting, but some post-purchase, as we discussed before, it will be targeting level five audiences with some restock options or cross-selling or upselling. This is super small part of the budget usually, but it's working pretty well. Yeah, it's always really tempting to spend lots of money on the highest return on investment, but it really is the biggest part of the budget has to go to the prospecting, to finding people to get through that funnel. I mean, otherwise, you're just going to get such a high frequency because you're spending money to be in front of people over and over again. In some cases, Facebook is not even spending money. So if the audience is small enough, I mean, it's not working in all cases. I don't know what's the reason, but in some cases, Facebook even stops spending the money and you could increase the budget, but Facebook won't spend the whole budget just because there isn't enough people in that audience. 
All right. So kind of want to hit on how Facebook is performing at the moment, because it's something we talk about pretty regularly when we have these kind of meta calls, how they're performing for our clients. So what's your take on that? I know that a lot of people are talking and we are talking about this inside the agency that April is not the best month regarding performance. So we are seeing that performance is worse and auction is more competitive for a lot of our customers. And interesting fact, we're not seeing the same thing for US and Europe. So for Europe, it's still performing pretty well, but in last few weeks are pretty challenging on the US market. You know, there might be a lot of reasons for that. And after like really great January and February, which is coming after like January months, April is a bit like something in the middle, like it's not summer yet, but it's not January. And that might be a reason too. Many other reasons. How so the most interesting thing probably how we still want to improve situation in this case. So first of all, we still believe that specifically for the periods like this, it's super important is testing your creatives and having creative strategy. Because you know, when times like this coming, usually how do you see that? So you have some few best performing creatives in the account, but the results are becoming more expensive and expensive and expensive. And at some point you need to kill some of the ads that are not performing really well. The worst case scenario, you don't have anything else to put in front of customers instead of the things that you killed. Still, I would say that creative testing is super important. And when challenging times are coming and you see that things that worked before, like two, three weeks, month ago are not working anymore, you need to have something else. You need to have some additional ads that you will start testing them. And you might even find some new best performing ads. So that's why we're always talking about importance in the account of constant testing and trying new types of creatives, new types of ad copy. I know, Tom, that you like a lot and we also like to give a try to new ideas like using AI for creating maybe some creatives or ad copy. And yeah, I, I would say that definitely give it a try. I mean, these options... They might not be ideal, but they are becoming better and better. All of these AI tools, they are getting more and more learnings and they are becoming better. So definitely, if you're struggling with performance, it feels that nothing is working. That could be a fresh idea to test. Yeah. And I do love ChatGPT and AI in general. And I think it is a really good use case for this specifically when you are experiencing poor performance in your ad account. I mean, there's probably nothing wrong technically as long as you've set everything up well. There's a few things that you have control over. One is your landing page experience, but really comes down to messaging and creative. And the one thing I would be doing as a creative would be taking our best performing ads, whether that's a video or ad copy, and in the case of the video, I transcribe that. I'd put that into ChatGPT and say, this worked really well for me. Give me five other ideas or five other scripts similar to this that I can make and try. This copy worked really well. Give me five variations or some slightly different copy that we can try. And I think that takes a lot of the brain power and stress off of people mm-hmm. to come up with new ideas all the time. ChatGPT is a great tool for coming up with ideas. The final output might be a little bit vague. So that's where 
your expertise as a creative or a marketer is required to polish something, but for coming up with ideas to test, I would be using ChatGPT all the way. Anthony has another question. How often do you refresh ad creative and copy? Yeah, so ideally you want to split the budget and you want to spend some of your budget on things that are performing well, but you want to be testing new options all the time. So ideally you want to spend majority of your budget on the things that are working, are performing, are bringing you a stable results, but you also want to dedicate some of the budget it's up to you. It depends on like how flexible you are. I mean, your margins, your offer, everything. But you could dedicate up to like 20, 30% of your budget on constant testing on new things, new hooks, new content ideas, new type of creatives, new at copy and everything. Because as I mentioned, and as we are discussing, the day will come when your old best performing things won't work as they were. And you will need to have something new. So that's why I would say that you need to be constantly testing new things. Yeah. All right. So we've covered the full gamut of changing our mindset, making sure tracking set up well, diving deep into your avatar, know who they are and getting specific in your messaging, how to set up the different channels to optimize both cold traffic and warmer traffic, and then people who are searching for your brand. We hit on the creative aspect of taking your deep dive research and turning that into actual creatives. Is there anything else that we're missing for foundations of marketing? I also wanted to add one thing regarding the testing of best performing things that I see that a lot of people are missing and they are surprised when we recommend that. If you have something that is performing really well, just create one more iteration of that thing. I mean, our clients, I don't know why they always look surprised when we suggest this. We're like, okay, here's best performing video. Let's add additional slide at the beginning or add additional things or even change a bit, I don't know, maybe the design or change a few elements. And it could be crushing as well. So my recommendation, if you have something that's working, yeah, definitely ask for more fresh ideas from AI. But in the meantime, you could try to test some quick iterations. If you have at copy, if it's longer at copy, just remove a few sentences like in the middle or at the beginning, what will make sense, what will make more sense and give it a try. It's super simple, super easy. It doesn't require a lot of like time and energy and it could help you a lot if you don't have new content. So just had that thought that decided to share. Anthony has another question about how do you determine when to kill something, a creative that you're testing? So it depends on your KPI. For example, if you know that KPI for this account is CPA below 30 bucks, if you see that some creative is bringing you purchases at like 40, 50, or even like 35. So how I usually think about this, when you spend less, usually the results tend to be better. So you want your really good creative to be way lower than your KPI or way higher than your KPI. Even if your KPI is like 30 bucks and your testing creative is 29, I would still kill it. Then second thing you need to keep in mind, the budget that was spent on that creative. I would say it depends on the account three, five, in some cases it could be seven days. 
and you see that Facebook is not spending money on that creative and Facebook is deliberately spending money on other creatives, most likely this creative won't work. But if you have strong beliefs and you really want to test this creative, then you will go and launch it in separate campaign to force Facebook spend money. Keep in mind if the budget, if you see that on this creative Facebook spent already three, five times more than your KPI. For example, you spent, again, your KPI is 30 bucks, your CPA, and the ad spent on this creative is one 150 or even 100. I would kill it. It's not performing. But it all depends on the context. You know, I'm talking about pretty stable performance when you have things that are bringing you results. But if you don't have things that are performing, if account is struggling, you just pick the ones that are performing the best. That's just the comparison thing. Like, okay, this is outperforming. I would leave this and all others I would kill. So ideally, yeah. I was going to say, if an ad is not getting spend, is there actually a reason to kill it? In most cases, Facebook is showing us that it's not the best ad. In most cases, we saw this. If I really want to test this creative, I believe it's another hook or it's important for me to test, I would force Facebook and launch it in a separate ad set. But I've done this multiple times and I would say in more than 50% of cases, that ad would won't be a winner. Facebook is just showing you, okay, it spends some money. It's really rare cases when you don't see any spend. Usually it's just a few bucks per day. Facebook sees that there is no traction and dedicate more budget on other ads in most cases. So I would still stay. I would still say that it's the first sign that that's not the best creative. So again, when you're testing, if it's just another variation, because sometimes we just test super small variation, if you just another kind of video which you just don't know maybe you have different color of taglines there maybe it's not even worth launching in separate assets and that sign could be strong enough not test but if it's like something important that you really believe in then i would say yeah you could force facebook to spend money on that okay. we have a question from fazil i'm not sure if you feel good about answering this one if not we'll redirect him to come back when we have the google team on so he wanted to ask about Google ad campaign strategy for travel agencies, including the goal type of bidding strategies and keywords. Again, it probably will be better answered by our Google team. But what I would say that, yeah, there is this super specific question called type bidding. I would still say that for travel agency, probably brand search and non-brand search would be like first things to start. And then keywords and everything. So yeah, I'd rather <laughs> not to start suggest here because I really don't have specific experience with running Google ads for travel agencies. I could just provide some general recommendations. So yeah. Anthony says put it on Performance Max. <laughs> yeah, that could be an idea. But now we have second thoughts about Performance Max and that I'm hearing more and more. The issue with Performance Max is that it's like a black box in Google. Like you put things inside, they're like you, you see some performance, but you never know what actually worked that well. So that's like a second like thing to consider that it's like it's really you don't have a lot of impact there. 
and you don't have a lot of insights about the performance, it is super important for you as a marketer to understand not only, okay, I got great results, but why did I get these great results? Well, I think I'm going to suggest that you can go check out some of our Google episodes, but I'm going to pass this question on to Nick, who's been pretty deep in all of our Google stuff, and see if he'll record a video that we can post on our socials answering this specific question, yeah, with keywords and bidding strategy and everything, yeah. Yeah, great. Is there anything else that's foundational to marketing and customers coming on to Tier 11 as really their first agency experience? Yeah, for customers who never worked with other agencies, it's a bit different as we talked about mindset a lot. It could be switch of mindset where like they could get advices and suggestions about the things that they never expected because most of them are coming for Google, for Facebook ads or Google ads or some other ads. And when they come and we start checking everything, it's like, okay, you need to change this, 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 and this. So this might be quite an interesting thing. And this definitely requires a lot of education and explanation from our team. And we always try to do our best and not just to provide the results, but also explain the customers how we got this results. Yeah, for us, you know, our customer acquisition amplification framework is kind of how we do everything. And we're going to be even a lot more strict with that moving forward of these are the things that we feel are foundational to having success digitally. And they will either have to be able to show us that they can provide that themselves or we're going to have to do it for them. And those core pieces are the tracking layer, the creative lab, traffic harmonizer and conversion architecture. It's really the full customer journey. And so moving forward, that's going to be like, how we work with all of our clients. And if you are interested in checking out that graphic, we will be updating it soon, but currently that's pretty robust. Go to tier11.com slash camp. Oha, thank you very much for joining us today and talking through a lot of these kind of foundational things to have success coming and working with tier 11. And hopefully there's stuff that you can implement yourself at work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So thank you, Oha. And if you are interested in working with Tier 11 or exploring how we can help support your digital acquisition, head over to tier11.com. There's lots of information there and there's a big pink button where we'll hop on a strategy call with you and talk through what your goals are and see if we can be of assistance. Well, thank you very much. And until next time, if you enjoy our content, like and share. And thank you very much, Oha. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Show. Take the next step toward growing your customer base. Visit tier11.com and request your customized growth plan. And remember to hit the follow button so you can be notified of future episodes. You know why most agencies fail in the first 30 days? Well, they don't do the work beforehand. And they realize once they start managing ad accounts and doing all the things that work alongside businesses like yours in order to get you the results that you want, they waste a whole lot of time in the first 30, 60, 90 days and they're fumbling around in the dark. That's because they have not used what we do over at Tier 11, what we refer to as the strategic growth plan. Now, a strategic growth plan is a deep dive into what has gone on inside your ad accounts and your business with all the important financial metrics that you need in order to scale and grow. We analyze all that, come up with a plan that's 30, 60, 90 days out, and then we use that 
as our game plan once we start actively managing ads, once we start doing our creative research, once we start doing all our after-the-click extensive tracking on dev, but the plan is the key. And if you have an agency that is failing you right now, it's probably because they don't have a plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So get your strategic growth plan over at tier11.com. Hit the big pink button, fill out the application, and we'll be in touch with you how we can help you scale and grow your business through getting more customers and increasing their lifetime value. That's all we do at Tier 11. Head on over to tier11.com. Get your growth plan today.